Welcome to episode 29 of the Masters Muscle Podcast. We are now for what I'll call season two. Vinny is back. And our guest tonight, he competed in what I consider one of the best decades of bodybuilding, battling it out against the likes of Flex Wheeler, Kevin Lavroni, Ronnie Coleman. He is your 1995 Nationals overall winner. Vinny, who's the guest of honor? Don Long. Don Long, man. Wow. It has been a long time. <laughs> yeah. Um, Don and I go back a long time where, and, and no pun intended, um, I remember, uh, I think we met in the, somewhere in maybe the 94 Nationals. I took fifth as a middleweight. Um, I believe you took third. And yeah. then the following yeah. year, yeah, you won the overall. Um, and we always had an opportunity to cross paths with certain uh, in work endeavors that we were involved in clothing lines, um, guest posings, seminars, and things like that. And um, I remember uh, um, always picking your brain. And I used to, I used to say this to my friends. Like, I, every time I saw Don, I would pick his brain. I think I annoyed the hell out of him. <laughs> in the day. And, you know, you had a great career. Um, you, uh, your first, your first show you did I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, you took top three in the Night of the Champions when it was in Beacon Theater. Correct. When um, bodybuilding was like probably at its peak with the, the excitement. And, um, you know, we both competed in a very difficult era. And yeah. you, you as a heavyweight went against some monsters. And then when you got to the pros, um, it was no different. And um, I'm going to let you take it from there. Like where, so... After the 95, 96 Night of Champions, um, I'm looking here. You did the uh, Arnold Night of Champions again in San Jose. Take take it from here. What what what? How did you you know tell tell us about your career? Yeah, of course. You know you know leading up to the Nationals, of course, I started off as a light heavyweight at the Juniors, um, and that was in 1992. Two? Yeah, 1992. The next year, I was able to move up to the heavyweight, and I put on about 30 pounds a year. And so I went, I went to the, to the heavyweight division, you know, cause it was only heavies at that point, as far as the maximum, but I went to the heavyweight division at that point. Um, like I said, picked up 30 and I placed in the top four, you know, with, uh, uh, Francois, Dennis mm -hmm. and Edgar Fletcher and myself. And then I think Caputo was behind me, uh, and Tony Freeman was behind him. So he was six that year. Um, and then that was, class. Go ahead. that was a stacked class. That was a stacked class. Yeah. So. Because even deep behind that, it was always, you know, somebody else that could have moved up into the sixth or fifth place spot easily. So, um, so then um, after, after 93 Nationals, I picked up another good amount of weight, probably about a 17 pounds. And I was about 241 at wow. the 94 Nationals with uh, Paul DeMeo, um and uh, Craig Titus, you know, along with Edgar Fl oh, let me see. Oh. Tony Freeman was in that show also, and then Stan, Stan McCrary, you know. So yeah. still a lot of good people in that particular show also, you know. And then, of course, 95 was the year that I actually – I could have put on like another five or six pounds that year, um, but a little more refined, and then that's when I actually won, the you know, the overall. So – and then, of course, after that, you know, I put – you know, I had – that was – of course, that was around October, and I had up until May to try to make some type of improvements. 
uh, for the Night of Champions. And so I probably put on another five pounds. And then I went into the Night of Champions where I got third behind Flex and Ronnie, you know. And so that was that's kind of like my claim to fame because after that, you know, not knowing is probably when my body started getting sick. You know, I didn't realize what was going on. But in hindsight, I was only born with the one kidney. And then in turn, that kind of, you know, kind of had me, you know, I look great in the off season and I look good in photos, but I never could produce it well enough at the shows. So you you didn't know you were born with one kidney? No, when you're our age, you know, back then they didn't see things like that. Nowadays, I have a niece, you know, they saw it when she was in the womb that she has one kidney, you know. Oh. So, so back then, you know, they didn't have that kind of technology to say, you know, you had one kidney. A lot of people walk around with one and don't even know it, but you can live great on one, but you just can't be, you know, a high level bodybuilder probably. Right, 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 right. So you had to make a drastic decision to say, I, I, I think I have to end my career. Well, it's just, you know, I, cause you've seen, I did the rest of the different shows year after year. That was 96, 97, 98, 99. I kept trying to compete, but nothing was actually working. All seasons were great. Uh, you know, I got up to 310 pounds, you know, I was huge um, and ready to come in at about 270, 275. Um, but it just never would land right. You know, it, even though, once again, I can have photo shoots from that same prep. And that's sometimes that's what people see on my page. I look great, but it's a fine line to being, you know, looking great on stage. You know, it's all it takes a little bit to throw you off, you know. Sure. Big difference. Big difference. Yeah. And was that was that definitely like did that play on your psyche and, you know, make you think like, well, what am I doing next? Because this is my career. Yeah. Well, keep in mind, at this point, I still don't, didn't know what was going on. And not until mm. I got not until I got sick. I I was about two weeks where I had like the flu. And I, I explained the story before, but it was like two weeks I had like the flu. And I never really got sick like that because I, I really took really good care of myself. And because I, I ate well, you know, I just never caught hot, even colds. But anyway, this time I was like two weeks and I just couldn't kick it. So finally I went to the doctor and about this time I'm kind of throwing up and stuff. And he said, you know, you need to go to the emergency room. By the time I got there, that's literally, they said, you need to go on dialysis. Wow. You know, wow. at this point, at this point, I don't even know what dialysis is, honestly, you know. And so I was definitely in big time denial. I'm like, you know, um, this is around October. And then, you know, I'm, I'm already kind of starting to prep for the Arnold's Classics. You know, looking looking good as far as being in the off season and stuff like that, and then so I was just in denial. And finally, after about three days, they called my sister and got on the phone and said, you know, you need to talk to your brother, you know. And then uh, and so she got me to actually go on dialysis, you know. So you know. and then you're what your twenties, give or take. That was probably I was probably well th at this point I'm I'm, I'm about thirty three. Okay. Not, okay. not champions. I was still in my twenties, but this is three or four years later, you know. Gotcha. How old were you on dialysis? I started when I was 33. You're still currently on dialysis? Oh, no, no. I'm, I'm, I have a kidney transplant now that I've had for probably the past 12 years. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Don, Don talk to us about your, your road to bodybuilding. I mean, were you an athlete growing up? Were you an average kid? What was that like? Yeah, I was an athlete. You know, I played all the different sports. I, I wouldn't say... You know, I was I was good at all, but I don't think I apply myself enough to be great at all, all of them. But of course, I know all sports. I played all sports from wrestling to baseball to football. You name it. I was always on the teams, you know. Right. Um, um, and so I was I was good. I was an athletic guy. Just never really took anything serious as far as knowing that okay, you got to put in this kind of work if you want to be great at it. I just went to practice, came home, lived another, you know, lived day by day and then went back to practice again. Not like 
invest in, okay, I want to be a great football player. I want to be a great team, you know. Um, and it wasn't your body that I learned, you know, that you got to put that kind of work into it. But, yeah, I was a good athlete, you know, at all the sports, you know. And then, uh, But I was small. I was only 155 pounds when I graduated high school, you know. Okay. And then by the time I was grown, you know, I was 22 is when I started actually training with the weights. Um, I was about 170 pounds. Yeah. So was it basically just wanted to put on weight, saw a magazine cover and said, I want to do that? Or kind of what was the, what was the real origin? Yeah. So I used to, you know, I used to do these, you know, best body on the beach contest. And you, just, you know, it, this had nothing really to do with bodybuilding. It was just kind of like uh, a sexy body, so to speak, you know, because so, I was already into the dance life, the, the, the stripping life. <laughs> so you, you see, uh, you meet people that do these different contests. So I, I made literally almost a living doing that because in, in the D.C. area where I live, it was a different club every night that was holding some type of best chess contest or best body yeah. on the beach. So I'll just do a circuit, you know, and then rent, win trips, win, win money and the whole nine yards. But in turn, what I would do is I'll run, eventually I ran into actually people that actually competed in bodybuilding. So they said, you know, you should get, you should think about bodybuilding, even though I still didn't have like big legs. I just had a nice cut physique, you know. Yep. And then uh, they said, you, you should check out a bodybuilding show. So I checked out one. I said, I think I can try to kind of do this. And at the time, I kind of saw myself kind of like a Sean Ray, even though I didn't realize how short he was. But I, I felt I saw myself in that same shape so to speak you know yep. and then of course then i saw of course i saw lee haney and stuff like that so i said i can i think i can do this if i put the work in so i did my once i did my first year i competed the first couple of years natural and then uh and then i you know i, I said well, I, I you know i did well i played second in my first show and never never out of the top five in any of the shows i did in the first you know year or two and then finally i said okay i'm gonna try i'm gonna, I'm gonna invest everything into it time and everything study and then that's why i you know kind of took it to another level you know at the time, were you training in the same gym as King Kamali? No, he was in a different gym because, of course, he came up behind me a little bit. He's young; he was younger than I was, but he he started off young too, though. So even though I might have been, let's say, when we, when we probably met, I was probably twenty five or something, twenty six or whatever, twenty five, twenty four, twenty five. He was probably sixteen years old, you know. Oh, but, but he was competing as a teenager, you know. And so we we knew each other, but he trained at a different gym. He, I trained at a Gold's gym. He trained at a World's gym. Okay. Yeah. I thought there was some. I thought you guys lived close together. Well, we live. Yeah, we live real close. I mean, you was in. It was in the same city for sure. It's just he chose to train at that particular gym. You know, I didn't do a lot of gym hopping, and so I stayed at my home gym. You know, and then uh, and so we saw each other all the time at the shows and stuff like that. You know. Cool. So, um. You, you have your kidney transplant, and what's next? Well, I had a first kidney transplant in 2002, oh. and that's because I was on dialysis probably for about, so, so from 99 to 2002, I was on dialysis. And then uh, they had a program where if someone, this is a new thing at the time where, you know, because no one in my family was actually a match, you know. And, of course, honestly, I was getting letters from all kinds of people Really, I was, you know, this was before emails and stuff like that, but I was getting all kinds of letters and donations and people, literally a guy flew down and we're still friends to this day. He, he, he tested and everything to try to get donated, you know, try to donate, but he wasn't a match, you know, and so several people offered like that. Um, but anyway, so my sister wasn't a match either. No one in my family was, but they had a program starting where if, uh, if someone in your family wants to donate, and that's kind of common now, but back then it was kind of new. If someone wants to donate, they can donate to the list 
And then if they donate to the list, then they're, they'll move you to the top of the list instead of waiting three, four, mm -hmm. five. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. So she did that. And I received uh, the kidney about a month later. But it was, once again, it's a cadaver. It's different than getting a kidney from a living person. Mm -hmm. uh, it's the, the chance of uh, survival of the kidney is a lot shorter than um, a living kidney. You know, but anyway, it lasted a year and a half. And then uh, so I had to go back on dialysis. But it was a very traumatic experience. So I didn't really even want anyone else to give up a kidney at this point. I was like seven, eight years after that to where I just. I said, I was just going to ride it out, you know, but then uh, we moved to Jacksonville, Florida, where there's a Mayo Clinic there. And mm -hmm. at the time I met my wife in Missouri, she moved with us. And then uh, after being married probably two or three years, she said, you should at least get on the list, you know, and then, you know, by the, by the time you get up there, maybe technology gets better. They can make kidneys last longer, blah, blah, blah. And then, and long story short, she, she went with me for the whole uh, uh, talk up at the clinic and stuff like that. And they, they explained to her once again how living kidneys last a lot longer, you know. And then mm -hmm. so by the time we got home, she went and tested her blood. You could you can test your blood on your own to see what blood type you are. And she found out we were the same blood type. But of course, wow. Yeah, it, of course, that really don't make a difference though, because it really comes down to androgens. And so mm -hmm. you can have the same blood type, but you have to match on a lot of like three different androgen levels. And and it, by this time, our had already had transfusions and things like that. So and I had the transplant before, so it lowers your percentage of who will be available. So it was only 3% of the population that would be oh, wow. a match for me. And so, so she came on with the test, you know, and said, well, I'm an old positive. So now, you know, let's try to go to the next step. So anyway, she talked, she, she, she wanted to move forward with that. So we called Mayo Clinic up. They put her through all the testing. And he, I think we have to wait like a month after that for them to do every, all the testing. And then, uh, and also we get a call and said, she's a perfect match, you know? Wow. Yeah. So we didn't know where that came from, <laughs> but, uh, so she's definitely an angel. And then, so, and then, but that was in 2010. And so ever since I've had that kidney, you know? So if you found, you found your mate literally and figuratively. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know, now, did you compete while you had a kidney transplant? Not while I had a transplant. I competed while I was on dialysis. I a lot of times people did confuse that, but I say I would never take a risk with someone that gave me a kidney and get start get doing bodybuilding again, you know. And so, no, I didn't. I didn't never compete with a transplant for that way. Okay. But so, on dialysis, you don't have nothing to lose. You don't have a kidney to lose, you know. So, and plus, I had to go through all kinds of, you know. I don't know if you remember with the IFBB, made me go through all kinds of loopholes just to even get back on stage, you know. Yep. That, you know so. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. So. So Don, was there when you're trying to compete now later on? Is there anybody you can soundboard that maybe had similar issues, or were you just kind of experimenting, reading, trying to figure out what might work for you? Yeah, I was. I was because keep in mind, a lot of people since then wrote me because I my story is out there. And they, yeah, people pull up uh, transplant and weightlifting. My name for some reason pulls up like that, and so I've you know girls, guys, you know you name it. They I've, I've been written by thousands of people over the over the past you know 10 years or whatever or, or 20 years mm. um, but, but yeah so i you know granted you know i always had knowledge with my own body you know so i knew how you know i knew nutrition i knew training i knew everything so and i just had to make adjustments based on dialysis dialysis is tricky but even though dialysis you know um when they do when you do do dialysis and i started doing home treatments so you do it at night you know mm. at home on your own you know 
And so therefore I could get on the machine and get off, but it really dries you out really well. It dehydrates you, so to speak. So, and I just had to time it to where, you know, there would, that would be like the morning of a show, for example, you know, and that was later, that was, that was around 2009, my last year competing, but 2006, seven and eight, I had to go to a center. And then, so I would have to do is say shows on, on Saturday, then I'll go to the treatment on, uh, Friday. And, but so you end up retaining a little bit more water between then and Saturday. Yeah. The last time I competed, it, it dries you out pretty good. So, you know, so you just, I think, right. go ahead. Sorry. You just have to learn how to, you know, manipulate the whole process, you know, according to him to kind of mix it with bodybuilding, so to speak. Yeah. Cause I think Flex had a kidney replacement in the late teens as well. I might be wrong, but I think he did also. Flex Wheeler? Yeah. I think he had in 2002 his first. Oh, without early. Okay. Yeah. Two, uh, yes. Yeah. This round time he uh, got a transplant. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. So, so let's go back to when you're competing. Okay. Like, what was your training like? What was your nutrition like? my career can you hear me yeah yeah you saying like doing my bodybuilding career yeah during your career like what was your nutrition yeah. like what was your what was your training like yeah of course early on it was a lot of trial and error just reading and learning um and I, you know i used to train honestly when i first started training i would train three or four body parts a day and just go in there and and i'm like I'm, I'm natural also and so i'm just like training like an animal we might all done something like that but anyway and I'm thinking, you know, but I wasn't growing. I was still getting cut. And I still, and I feel like I could do it. I, my body, I was younger, of course, so I feel like I can do anything almost. So I didn't have no problem doing the work. It's just I wasn't producing either. So then I started reading to where too much is too much. And yeah. so later on, I started backing it up to where I would train. I went to training uh, body parts twice per week. And so I would have a thing where Monday, Monday would be chest, buys, and tries. Tuesday would be quads and hams. And then Wednesday would be um, back and shoulders. And then I repeat that. And then I would take Sundays off. And then once again, as, as the years went on, I might have did that maybe for my first juniors and maybe for nationals. I can't remember. But shortly after that, I decided, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to slow it up some even more to put on, to be able to put on even more weight. So I started doing one body part per day. And then, uh, and that's when I started see, uh making the most gains. And of course, at the same time, where you hear me talking about touch up training, that's why I actually brought in touch up training to bring up weak areas. So I would, I would train, you know, like, uh, for example, and how, how it really came out about, like I said, I, I talked on the video before where I used to do arms every single day and that helped me bring up arm, just arms. I, this was before the gym or anything. I yeah. used to, just to go to the beach, I would train arms every day and I had big biceps, you know, um, but so I started doing some, you know, analyzing, you know, if you take a look at, um, a construction worker and it's, and it's mother, I, cause I did construction myself. I was more like a, a punch out guy, labor type guy, but there's real guys who hammer every single day. If you notice the one arm is going to be way bigger than the other arm. Cause they mm -hmm. literally hammering every day. The same thing with a tennis player, you know, same thing with a guy that rides bike cycling, you know, they, they, that's all they do is ride every day. They got huge quads and small upper bodies, you know? And so then I started saying, well, I'm not going to do that much. I'm just going to do a touch up on each area and let it break down. Like I mentioned before, break down lightly so it can heal pretty fast. And then the repetitiously of uh, breaking down and healing creates solid muscle underneath it over time. And so, so I, after my first nationals, Jim Mannion told me, you know, you, you look great, but you got to bring up your, your back, you know? And so the first thing I started doing was back touch ups, you know? And if you, if you, if you go and look from one year to the next, I made a lot of improvements on my back. So then I started literally doing it for, 
you know, quads, hams, you know, shoulders. Shoulders are one of the weakness for mine, but I just wanted better, great shoulders, you know. So when you did, when you would train back, did you have like, say, a a back day? And then every day after that was an exercise you picked? Exactly. So so let's say back is my weakness at this time. Um, And so I would train all my body parts, like I told you. Monday would be chest, Tuesday would be quads. Wednesday would be buys and tries. Thursday would be shoulders. Friday would be hamstrings because I separated those two because, you know, I wanted to make the same gains on my hams as I did the quads. So I separated those two. And then Friday would be back. So every day but back day, I would do some type of back movement at the end of my workout, four to five sets. Heavy, heavy, so, heavy, heavy, heavy. So and did then, you say, okay, was it like, okay, I have a certain area of my back I have to bring up or it was I'm just going to pick an exercise arbitrarily? Like, yeah, so it, I, w- I would go back and forth some, some for, for a week or two or whatever the case may be. I'm doing nothing but hammer shrimp rows, okay? The next couple of weeks, I'm going to do lat pull-downs, you know. Um, every day? Pull-ups, every day. Every day, just four the to same five exercise. sets. Huh? The same exercise. Well, it can be any exercise because, once again, I, I will fumble around because you got all kinds of machines that hit from different angles. But as long as I'm doing something for my back to improve it, I would say, I want to bring this area. I want to hit lower back today. I want to hit this one, but it's going to be the whole entire back. Now, other body parts are a little more simple because I just wanted side laterals. I want cap delts. I don't, I want, well, sometimes I, I, I did it for rear delts before also because, once again, coming into the shows, and it's why I did it, other people, and at, at that level, they had huge rear delts. I didn't have one yet. Now, as soon as I started training on touch up, it's a small muscle. It grew very fast. So I had huge rear, rear delts also. But I, I look at other people and say, okay, and the way I did things, I look at the people that I'm going to compete against, the, 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 the top guys, and I got to have what they have on my body. I got to, if, if I'm missing this, by the time I get to that show, I want that area to come up some, you know. And so, so now how long would you do this touch? Let's say back touch up. How long would that be? A month, six weeks? How long would you do that? It could be, it could be months because, you know, it could be until, until I got it to where I want it. And then I may take a break on it, you know. But, okay. you know, but you can never have a, a, you know, a big enough back. So I've, I've always did some type of back touch up. You know, Tilt your phone a little bit, Don. Say it again? Tilt okay. your phone yeah, right yeah. So, yeah. So you, can, you can never so have you only doing back. one body part touch up at a time or would you do multiple touch ups? Like, let's say arms and back and everything else. Normally, I would pick about two. But then once I was able to train, because, I, you know, I was dancing, whatever. I quit dancing and became full time training. And so what I would do is in the morning, I would do my normal training and i might do i might do one touch up in the morning workout but at night i will come back and pick three different touch-up movements you know and those three i'll do every single night so it's still once again four sets for example if i go back at night it's gonna be four sets of rear delts four sets of lap pull downs four sets of adductors you know so whatever the case may be you know Hmm. and that'll be my night session so which is quick and simple and i and i I designed it that way because at night i think is chaos you know i didn't want to be you know i never like to train full bodies i mean body parts at night because it's too crowded and stuff like that in the morning i can get my full workout at at night i don't need any particular machines to to that degree where i can just hop on anything and get it done quickly you see yeah interesting but a lot of times when on the last on the owner if you i don't know if you saw it ct posted a quick um and in this other page posted a quick uh excerpt from when i was talking with dennis and them and a lot of people got it confused and thinking that i train my entire body every single day you know my entire body every single day (laughs) 
And so they, they kind of took it way far. They just heard a quick excerpt from me saying uh, about, you know, uh, covering the entire body. But that's, you know, just one thing is it's four to five sets, heavy, 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 heavy. Every, but I get a, I'm getting a crazy pump in that four to five sets, you see, because I'm going hard on those four to five sets. But it's not enough to damage the muscle like a full workout would do. And if you, mm -hmm. if, if you do know how the muscles work, we do have mm -hmm. fibers at the top, top of the muscles. And then when you can barely break them, they still got to heal, but they're going to heal much faster than me digging deep inside the muscle, which is going to take about a week for that to heal. But teeny fibers that you break on the surface, they still going to heal. And every time they heal, they get more solid, they get more solid, they get more solid, they, they grow, you know, they callous over, so to speak, you know? And so, uh, cause you know, it, it, that's, that's the function of a muscle. You break it down. It's almost like a callus, yep. you know, the healing process is a callus. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I want to break it just a little bit. So it can recuperate by tomorrow, so to speak. And, and uh, granted, with eating, like I explained to the, the people up there, you have to be eating well and you have to be resting well. You can't do this for fun. You know, yeah. granted, you know, what people don't understand is, you know, I was, and I don't know if, how, how much you know about me, Vinny, but I was one of the most dedicated bodybuilders out there when it comes oh, to I, food, nutrition. I mean, I went probably I, six I, years. Without, without, huh? Don, I remember huh? specifically. You and I were in a gym in Staten Island, and we we had some downtime. And you were talking. I, I remember this like it was yesterday. And you were so intricate in your in like explaining. That was the first bodybuilder I actually saw in person and talked to that impressed me enough to pay more attention to my nutrition. So you you inspired me a great deal back in the '90s, and I don't know if I ever told you that. I, need, I just wanted you to know that. Yeah, I, I, yeah. yeah. Um, so so I was that I was that guy. Once I decided I was going to do it, I'm putting it because we all were great. Flex Wheeler, Chris, Sean, everybody's great. I had to figure out what can I do better. Than strength, my mental strength was par none. And in, in hindsight, I you know I get to see even though I always knew Dorian was great. But you really get to see when Dorian talks now. Dorian didn't talk a lot back when he was competing. But now you get to see how how dedicated he was. I didn't know that at the time, but that was me. Anything you hear Dorian saying, that was me. I'm, I was a, I was a monk, you know. And so, yep. you know, I, I, like I said, I went six, six, seven years without a birthday cake, Halloween. I mean, Christmas dinner, wow. you know, yeah. a piece of gum, not even popcorn at the movies. So it, if it wasn't my food, I wouldn't eat it. You know, and once again, when I started coaching people, I didn't make them do that. That's something I wanted to take myself to that level. And if, if an athlete wanted to do that, that was up to them. But it is the extreme of dedication. But I'm not going to make every athlete that I coach do exactly what I did, you know, because I could have got away with some other stuff. But my thing was about was about um, creating the mindset to be stronger than the average, you know. So oh, I get and it. And when it came time to do prep, when it came time to do prep, it wasn't that difficult. The only thing I would have to cut out of my diet would be eventually fruit and maybe a yogurt. You know, you know, that's the only extra things I had. You know, fruit about eight weeks out and yogurt at about eight weeks out. And then uh that's all I had, you know, extra, you know. Don, did you believe in rotating your carbs or did you have a steady baseline of carbs? How, yeah, mine was mine was steady. I didn't do a lot of uh high low and all this type of thing. I just what I did was I, I watched the scale really Oh, boy. Sorry, guys. Yeah. 
going well so far, but yeah. Yeah, so. I, I just remember always talking to Don. And, oh, there you uh, go. You guys hear me? Yeah, we got you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. And what was that last question, Benny? Carb cycling, or believe yeah. it, or what you yeah. do for your carbs. Yeah. So I would, I would simply, you know, I would monitor my body, of course, the way it looked. I would uh, monitor the scale to a T. And what I would do is, because granted, I, I had a fast metabolism at this time. The most cardio I'm doing is maybe thirty to forty-five minutes at the most, you know. And so eventually, at the top of the at the end of the prep, I'm probably doing about 45 minutes of cardio, but I'm still eating probably, you know, uh, you know, 50 grams of carbs per meal, you know, so, so at least, at least, at least uh, 300 grams of carbs all the way to, to the end of the, you know, prep. But at the same time, I used to eat, you know, six, you know, between six and 900 grams of carbs, you know, so it did drop and I was starving just like anybody else. But three, a lot of people, 300 would seem like a lot, but 300, you know, 300, you know, was, was baby food for me at that time, you know, but I was starving on that. But so I would eventually trim, trim, trim the carbs down, you know, monitor my body. And, but I, I had a system on it. It was, it was so down packed every Tuesday, for example, literally every Tuesday I would drop two pounds. And so I didn't have wow. a lot of stressful preps, you know, it was just every Tuesday I would drop weight. And then, and some days I wouldn't look great. The, the scale will still move at its own pace, but I will have days where I'll be flat, but I just wouldn't stress over it. Cause I know the next day it could pop around. And I'll bounce back, you know, so to speak. But I didn't do a lot of changing of anything at that point, you know. So, yeah, I think I think that that statement you just said goes back to what a lot of the mindset was back in the '90s. A lot because we didn't have the social media that everybody has today. So we we had yeah. magazines and books that we can get from at, from the stores and stuff, and not many people to bounce things off. We had to learn on our own. Yeah, yeah, and we had to find that comfortable spot where we knew, oh, just like you, Tuesdays, for me, it's Thursdays. Yeah. Every Thursday, I'm a pound or two lighter. Yeah. And I understand and appreciate what you're saying. And I yeah. don't stress, just like you're saying, and I find a lot of people I talk to today, um, they stress and they change their program on, and not giving it enough time for it to see if it's going to work. Exactly. Yeah. And that that's one of the things I, I find today where people have no patience where you and I came up from an era where calm down, slow down. Let's see how this works out. Let's see what next week brings and just stay yeah. on course. And I, I, I find what you're saying. So, so great because these are the exact same things I tell people that when I try, when I start coaching them. Yeah. And a lot of times what I try to tell people also is that it is reality when you really um, am I getting too dark in this room? Let me know. You're, you're fine. Okay. Uh, you know, I try to tell them when you really do everything perfect and then granted it's up to you where, how, if you're going to stay perfect, cause every, it, it's tough. Prep is tough, you know, and people want to cheat, but when you cheat, you, you, you have to, you eventually what you got to do now, you got to make up some ground somewhere and you throw you, it's like baking a cake. How I used to see where they, you slam the oven and the cake falls, you know? And so, you know, if you mold that cake and everything every day is perfect and you chisel it down just like you're supposed to, you, you're not going to have a lot of mistakes. And then when you when you're on top of your 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 training, your rest and your food and everything is on point, then you just got to slowly trim the weight. You know, you have a target. And of course, in me, I had certain things that I need to see in my body. And, and if it's not coming, I, I pick up the pace some or I cut some carbs out. I got to see striations coming in my chest. I got to see the psoriasis coming in. Um, and, and side glute 
if those things aren't in, I know I'm not ready. And that's a mistake people make today is, if and honestly, I don't even know why people don't have a lot of chest cuts today, you know, compared to like when we, when we were back in the day. Now, granted, you know, even you're older, I, I get it. But, um, but you know, I don't, so people, sometimes people, I don't think in this era, people don't go far enough. And every now and then you get a guy who goes far enough and, and he wins. I would take even Sean Roden, for example, when he won, he put in some extra work to bring compared to any even though he's always come in decent condition sometimes but when he when he went for that win he suffered you, you can tell he suffered yeah. because he was gutted you know and and so that's what people got to they really got to start doing is if you don't have uh, you know you know and it can't you can't you can't just rely on that i got cut glutes i don't know everybody got chasing the cut glutes but you don't you don't have cuts in your chest or you don't have a six-pack you know so you gotta yeah. you know, so i had to have a six-pack we all had to have a six-pack you know Vinny. You can yeah. even get on stage if you didn't have a, a six pack, you know. And nowadays, you know, people rely on one. Pe one people don't train the abs enough. I don't think um, they just don't train them at all. And then, um, and two, they, they, you know, they, they. I think we we do live in an era where I think people rely more on the supplements to harden them up rather than to the diet to beat them down, so to speak. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Yeah. Vinny and I've talked about it that the, we call it the skeleton death face is no longer there. Like, you knew someone was suffering. The Dexter Jackson, I mean, yeah. you still see it. Vinny's two weeks post, and Vinny's still kind of leaning yeah. in the face. Yeah. It was a gone. And so he's been doing it long enough where he knows if I if I don't see this and this, I know I'm not ready, you know? I know I got to dig. And then, honestly, Vinny, you're 50-something years old. How old are you, 40-something, 50? 56. Is that? And I'll be honest, to bring that kind of condition at 56, I'm tripping myself, like, you know. Yeah, but, but it's all up here, Don. Yeah, you know and it goes back from the school of hard knocks, so to speak, that you, you, what you, what you gather from when you were younger, you know. And I think, yeah. you know, you know no other way, so to speak, but, but suffering, you know, we had to suffer, you know. And that's why, you know, when you look at the nationals, I mean, it was tough for you to get your card for so many years, but you were, you were a hell of a bodybuilder, you know what I'm saying? You won the USA's, right? Yeah, I won the USA. We've said this on this show, and you know, back in '93, I won my class and yeah. didn't get a pro card. Yeah, exactly. And I was thinking that day, it's a lot, not not about you, but in general, it's a lot of bodybuilders back in our day that wish they were in this era because honestly, it'd be yeah. a lot easier for them to get a card nowadays. Oh, know? and and you know, Don, I'm sure that in your gym back in the '90s, you could break balls with other competitors. Yeah. And today, I joke with the guys in the gym, and I, you know, I try to say to them, "Dude, your work ethic versus my work ethic. If I never got my pro card and I was able to stand on stage at a local show, I'd kick your ass." Yeah, <laughs> they're like, "No, no, no." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah." yeah. But anyway, so what are you doing today? You getting people ready for shows and? You, no, you know, I, you know, after I, after I stopped competing, of course, even, even that's how I met my wife is I, I started coaching people. I'm sorry about the camera. Okay. Uh, I started coaching people um, around, you know, by the time I was done myself, I started slowly coaching people. And my wife was one of the people that I coached along with a bunch of people from our gym. And so, uh, and then from that point, I just kept coaching. And then, and then once we got married, we became a coaching team. So we coached people, you know, all over. I coached some of the top people you know, in the country, you know, um, but then once we, um, th and then we ventured into this meal prep business. So, you know, it takes a lot of time and effort to try to grow this business. So we don't do much coaching anymore, you know? 
So you do you have a facility where you cook the food? Like, is that how it works? Oh, yeah, we have a we have we have a you know we have a, a commercial kitchen. We have about three different buildings. Like one is just simply the commercial kitchen, and then uh, the other is uh, customer service and shipping and things like that. So and then then okay. the south building would turn into a bakery. And if people are interested in getting your meals, uh, do you deliver around the country? Yeah, around the country, all fifty states. You know, so we ship nationwide. How did they get in touch with you? www.longlifemealprep.com. You can go on Instagram, of course, longlifemealprep. You know, but yeah, you know, longlifemealprep.com. You know. And do you do custom meals? Like if somebody's training for a contest? Exactly. We customize. In fact, I have a couple here just to show. Uh, so this is, for example, it comes in a in a in a, in a box like in a tray, tray like this. And for example, I just bought some of the um, pounds of salmon, for example, and it comes just like this in a sealed container so it stays fresh. So you have to peel this film back when you're ready to eat it. But it'll last in this tray for like, you know, two weeks without eating. And when you eat it on two, the last day, day one, so to speak, you know. And then, uh, so this is just a custom stuff where people, well, this is bulk, I would say. But we do custom also. If someone wants to, us to custom their diet, we do that also, you know. What is that, red potatoes? This is red potatoes, yeah. So, nice. And all the macros right here. Yeah. Cool. Very nice. Yeah. That's what we do. Don, one of the things that Vinny and I always talk about in today's generation, and not, not to be the old grizzled veterans here, yeah, bad-mouthing, but posing is a thing of the past. And I know for the you were a good poser yourself. Was there an inspiration that you followed, the Bob Parises, the Leela Bradas, anybody that you kind of mirrored off of? I would say, you know, definitely, of course, I love Leela Brada. I love Bob Paris. Of course, I love Lee Haney. Um, but then, you know, they were kind of coming out as I was coming in. You know, Lee Haney, 91, I, that was my first year competing. But I drew a lot of inspiration from Lee Haney's posing and, of course, Labrada. But then it was the flex wheelers, the Sean Rays and stuff like that of my time as I was coming in. You know, I hadn't even done a national show. I'm seeing these guys. And then so that stopped. But, but, but like I said, I was a performer anyway. So I just kind of saw oh, yeah. doing, And then I kind of threw my own stuff to it along with it, you know. So I remember you posing sexy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Using using sound like, you know, uh Keith Washington kind of music. Yeah, Prince and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And and it's funny because I, I I was probably one of the only white guys posing like you guys. Yeah. Yeah. You were though. Yeah. But and you I had was able to pull had, off. That, had that physique where it was calling for showing it that way. You know, you you know, you could you could probably put on a, a a rock song also, but you had a nice, you were, you were classes as a gift, you know, at that time, you know, so. Well, the way I looked at it, Don, was, and, and, and this is not talking about any race or anything, but like, and I can say it because I'm a white guy. Um, I just felt like all the white guys posed to this rock music and they would go back and forth the stage, do this and do yeah. most musculars. I'm like, that's not a posing routine. Yeah. And I love Lee Labrada and I love Sean Ray. Yeah. Um, I took a little bit from from Lee Haney, just a little bit. Yeah. Um, but more from the guys like Francis Benfado, Muhammad McAway, yeah. Labrada, yeah. definitely Flex uh, Wheeler. Yeah. And um, I came up with my own version because I had a little a little Gaspari thrown in there too because yeah. I was able to hit those shots hard. Yeah. So. I, I don't think the guys today appreciate. No, there are people out there who, who do great posing routines. I don't want to bet that. There are. Not but, enough. To, like I said, it was just back in our day, 
you had it was rare that you didn't it was you know you had a few guys that would do uh like you were saying this just get out there blah 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 most people you know especially if you go back to the, the Haney days you had to have a routine back then and come yeah. into the 90s and that's why you saw even Dorian is a white guy but Dorian had great routines you know he made it for his body and he had great and same thing with Jay Cutler Jay Cutler blended you know to where he became uh, honestly he had great routines he wasn't going to do exactly what Flex Wheeler did but he made he 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 was very entertaining and posing for his body you know I thought he did and he had to though he knew he was going against posers you know like uh Flex and Chris and all these guys so he had to have something good to come out with you know and I think well, you he remember um you remember Papoose yeah, yeah, he was my, he was my uh, he was my dance partner actually, you know. Yeah. Okay, and he had great pose routines. But we trained, uh, you know, because we had a, a dance team, um, and he, him and another guy, we would we were like a, tr a, tr a tr trio, so to speak, at, in the in the DC area. Um, but uh, he he of course he turned pro the same year I turned pro though. You know, mm -hmm. he was he was a light or the bantamweight, band, light bantamweight, something like that. Might have been lightweight. I can't remember if they even had bantam back then. You know. Do you still follow? Do you still follow the sport today, Don? Oh yeah, I follow it heavily. Yeah. So me who, who do you who do you like in today's in today's uh, scenario? You know, I like it's, it's a, I like a lot of people. I think a lot of people put it, put in worry. I think you know, of course, I like uh, you know, I like hot. I mean, the top guys are doing what they're supposed to do. The Samsons and stuff like that. I think Samson literally could be great. You know, especially once he once he continues to nail it, Andrew can be great. Um, I think even Hunter can be great if he just can nail it like he did and get even better. He has he, he has all the tools, and yeah. I like Nick, you know Nick for what he does. He he's he's not going to have the prettiest body, but he's put in that work and you know, kind of like what he's doing what he has to do to win. I would say that. So I appreciate I appreciate his work ethic, you know. Um, but you know, so it's the t the top guys I think are doing give or take what they should. I, I think I think it should be. More, I would like to see more depth. You know, go further than those guys. Should, some of these. Um, smaller shows should still have some quality uh, people, and I just don't. I think it's slipping a little bit, a little bit at the yep. level. You know, the Olympia is great. The Arnold's top four or five are great. After that, you know, it's kind of somewhat mediocre to me. You know, any physiques did you see close to yourself back in the day, like Andrew Jack, maybe, or I would say he falls along of the '90s type of physique, not necessarily my physique, um, but I would say he would definitely be put in that class of the '90s type of body. You know. Yeah, I can see Samson in that way also. I mean, I don't, you remember Anthony Best? Yeah, Tom yeah. Best. He, he reminds you of Samson. I mean, he was way smaller, of course, but he had that type of body like a Samson, if you remember correctly. Same. Yeah, he, he trained. He trained in the same gym that I trained in. Yeah, exactly. So that, that, that shows mine because he was kind of you know same complexion, balder head, and he was built something like that. He never made it high at the level, but he had that type of shape. I would say. Um, or, or like a Nimrod King or something like that. But, uh, um, but yeah, I think, you know, Samson, you know, would be a great nineties bodybuilder and, uh, and, and, uh, Andrew, you know, and then, uh, and hot is just, hot is a little different. He's a beast, but he's a little different than what the nineties were, I would say, you know, but he brings that condition. That's good. Yeah. So you, are you surprised that the, that the top guys are now just a lot smaller? Not the, I mean, smaller in stature and not, not weight that is like Hottie and, and, and Derek, obviously. I think was you know I think that's the door yeah and of course I like Derek also like I mentioned I like Derek's work that thing and of course the way he's progressed you know thus far um, but I think the door just gets left open and you know it's, it's the the pool is not that 
that deep. I mean, I'll be honest. When you look at the Nationals, um, tell me what national champion in the past 15, 20 years that would beat Flex, Flex Wheeler. Yeah. Or Chris Cormier. You know, in, or let's say five, six, seven, eight years ago, who's who was even close to that level, you know, coming out of the Nationals? So the crop is not great coming out, you know. And so we don't have a lot of, you know, crop to choose from. And I think what's happening is once you split up these divisions and people will stopping at men's physique and people stopping at classic, then that's what's going to ruin. I mean, to me, it's going to take away from the body because we all would have been, I would have been men's physique at some point if I just stayed there, you see? And, yeah. I, and if I wanted to move another notch, I could have just stayed at classic. Absolutely. You know, it was our type of bodies, men's physique, you know, with the genetics of being ripped like that, that excel to be great bodybuilders. And now they're just staying at, at men's physique. It's the best shapes and the best bodies are in men's physique. Then they still have to, of course, pick up their legs, a lot of them. But yeah. I did too. I didn't have I didn't have legs to start off with. Um, but the, the and so what you have after that is the football players <laughs> are molding themselves into bodybuilders, so to speak. And I'm, I'll use that kind of. But that's what you have. You have these guys that one genetically made for bodybuilding, but they mold themselves down to bodybuilding, and and so but they can do that. They can get away with that because it's not. You don't have all of these shapes like you used to. You know. Yep. So. So Don, as we as we wind down here today, are you still in the gym frequently, or more focused on the on the on the business, or kind of what you're training like nowadays? Yeah, the gym is always a part. It's, I I have to start, you know, because I'm, I'm a professional bodybuilder, so you know I know the importance of you know that 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 having that exercise as, as a part of my day. Now I don't train like I used to. Once I stopped coaching, because I used to coach, you know, my training partner who was a pro, I helped him turn pro. But because when I was living in Jacksonville with him, I would train hard. Armando Armand is his name. But anyway, um, I would train hard with him. This was only a few years ago, though. I used to train hard, and I was, I was I stayed a little bit bigger because of it. But I didn't necessarily want to be bigger, but I just wanted to push him and train hard. So once I kind of stopped coaching and training on my own, I literally use all machines at this point. Um, yeah. I don't do any squats. You know, I just do a lot of leg extensions, body weight squats and lunges. And it's just training to be fit and, and get in and get out, you know, still quick and simple. And then I do some cardio, you know, but I'm not trying to put on weight or get bigger, but I want to keep a little shape is what I want to do, you know. And I still, believe it or not, I still do touch-ups because if I if I don't have anything else, if I if I have on a shirt and I can show some round delts and some nice arms, then yep. I touch up those areas and then yeah, people will be fooled. But they don't have to see the rest. <laughs> as long as they do <laughs> the arms and shoulders, they don't have to see the six-pack and nothing like that, you know. I love it. Love it. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm so glad we got you on tonight. Um we got to get you back on in the future because we got yeah. so much more to talk about. For sure. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Don, it was definitely a pleasure. And, and once again, the name of the business, please. The business is Long Life Meal Prep. We ship nationwide. We, we've we prepped for some of the top athletes in the country. Sean, we we prepped for Sean. We prepped for Dexter Jackson, Kevin Larone, with Chris Cormier now. You know, so we've Natalia, you name it. We've we prepped Ariel Kadar. We prepped for some of the top athletes in the country right now. And then, um, so yeah, we're available to help people with their preps. And of course, net, you know, we know nutrition, so they, they don't have to, they're not going to people that are green at this. This is what we do, meal prep. That's why we got into the business. And of course, our major base is simply making food. Uh, we make entrees each week, a different type of entree to people can people so people can have good good macros, but tasty food, like a pizza bowl or lasagna bowl, but it's all sure. macro 
down to still help them stay on track, you know. Nice. Sounds good. Yeah. Excellent. Cool. And what's the Instagram, Don, in case people want to follow you? Yeah, so that's going to be long life meal prep. Simple as that. Perfect. Yeah. And, and Vinny, it's great having you back after Romania. And everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. Next week, we have Jimmy Mentis and Porta Cottrell joining the show. Don, again, thank you so much and continued success. Thank you, guys. Y'all have a great night, okay? Thank, thank you, too. Don. All right, Take bye -bye. care.